You're listening to the Hall About Public Safety Podcast, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with the men and women in uniform with the Hall County Sheriff's Office and Hall County Fire Services. A fair warning before we get started, sometimes the subject matter of this podcast might not be suitable for younger audiences. Parents are advised to use discretion. Let's get to today's episode. Hey everybody, Brian Stewart here, host of the Hall About Public Safety Podcast. Glad you're joining us for the September 2020 edition. Got a guest today, it's a voice you've heard, but uh, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself one more time. Sure, uh, Zachary Brackett with Hall County Fire Services. All right, so Zach, uh, earlier in this podcast life, we went through uh, in an episode about some of the myths that we kind of may have in our brains, I say we as in me, it's civilian who's not involved in fire services as opposed to you who knows it backwards and forwards but the sort of myths we get thanks to hollywood and i wanted to expand on one of them we talked about and uh you touched on it a little bit um and the the question we had earlier was about you know when you're at the scene of a fire why don't we see your guys sprinting and knocking down walls with their shoulders and all the kind of cool actiony stuff and the reasons you gave were perfectly valid why we don't see that so I want to kind of expand on that and talk about some of the things that you guys have to do when you roll up on a fire because it's not just as simple as plug in the hose, point and shoot. So uh, since you're the expert, I'm just ready to, to let you take it away. So let's just start out. You guys are, let's say it's a house fire. You have rolled up on the scene. You are just about to, to get out of the truck. What's next? All right. So the, the first thing that we do whenever we whenever we roll up, um, we want to make sure that our, our initial arriving officers see at least three sides of the, of the structure if they can. So for residents, we can do that. We can, we can drive by. So sometimes people will, will freak out and think that we don't see the house on fire. No, we see the house on fire, but we want to see three sides of the structure. And why do we want to do that? We want to do that because we want to see all four sides. If I go ahead and see three sides when I pull up, number one, then I've gotten three out of four handled. Number two, by doing that, I leave room for our, our aerial apparatus, all right, our, our ladder trucks, the ones with the big ladders on the top of them. Um, we, we leave room for those. We want those positioned in a particular place. So by putting the initial engine um, to see three sides of the structure, I accomplish two goals. I see three sides of the structure, and I leave room for my aerial device uh, to be positioned right in front of the home. Um, after that, I'm going to be on the radio telling everybody else that's coming to help me what we have. Um, if I need additional resources, if I need additional engines or an additional truck, or if I need any kind of assistance, anything that I see that I'm going to need, if I pull up and I think I'm going to a 1,000 square foot home and then I get there and I have a 10,000 square foot home, I'm going to need more resources, right? So it, it's we, we do that and we call that our initial size up. That's our, our, our first view of the scene and what our anticipated needs are. Then we're going to hop out. The officer's going to hop out. He's going to immediately go around to the back of the structure. We call it a 360 because we make a 360 degree survey of the scene. And what are we looking for? We're looking for um, uncontrolled utilities. We're looking for power lines that have already fallen down. We're looking for pools in the back of a home, um, LP tanks, um, basement fires. If, if it's a home that has a basement, I want to know immediately if it has a basement and if there's fire involvement in the basement. Why do I want to know that? Why would you think? 
Uh, I'm going to guess, just thinking about this in a three-dimensional sense, that if the basement's on fire, then the floors above it are A, more susceptible to fire, and B, if your bottom falls out, everything above it's coming with it. That's right. So we want to make sure that that there's no uh, no fire in the basement. We want to know if there's a basement, because even if there's no fire involvement, I could still have somebody fall through a floor. Um, so if you fall through a floor in a crawl space that's three foot off the ground, that's kind of awkward because you end up with your the top half from your waist up sticking out through the floor and your bottom half standing on the ground. Um, same thing with a, a mobile home. Um, However, I, I know up close to where I live, we have a mobile. There's a mobile home that has a basement. Believe that. Have you ever seen that I, before? I, I, I'll get you a picture. Um, <laughs> but so so we're looking at we're looking at the 360. We're looking for any kind of hazards, anything anything crazy and goofy. Um, koi ponds. Um, just imagine it's three or four o'clock in the morning, and you're walking around the house. It's dark. The house is on fire, but everything else is dark, and you fall in a swimming pool with all of our firefighter gear on. Believe it or not, we float pretty good initially. Um, but it's scary. You need to know that there's a pool in the back. Okay? So that's the initial things that the officer's doing. While he's doing that, and this happens very quickly, while he's doing that, um, the driver is trying to find a, a water supply, so a hydrant. He's, he's looking for the closest hydrant. He's hooking up to that. Um, the, the firefighter is... You know, waiting waiting for his officer to give him some instructions on on what size fire hose to pull, um, where he wants the fire hose pulled to. So, do you want it to the front door? If you have that basement with fire involvement in it, you're probably going to put your first line to the basement to to knock that fire out. We don't like to put our people inside over fire, so that's we we don't do that because it's dangerous to our people. Statistically, if you look at national fire statistics for firefighters and firefighter deaths, um, it's usually drawn back to factors that were missed during the initial arrival and initial size up of the fire officer is what contributed to the deaths of the firefighters. Um, they did not complete their 360. They did not identify hazards that were present that then later bit them during the incident. So we try to be very, very um, cognizant of those hazards and make sure we identify them and announce them over the radio to let everybody know. How streamlined is it when you talk about the radios? Because I have to imagine, you know, if a lot of people have a radio, that there can be a lot of information going quickly. So how, are, how do you have it in place to be able to quickly and efficiently get this information to everybody without being in an echo chamber? Sure. So you're, you're right. We, I have been on scenes that were very streamlined and efficient, to use your, use your words, and I've been in those echo chambers where it's just like, my goodness, would everybody just hush? Um, the way our structure is set up, uh, we have an instant command system that's a, it's, it's, Nation, a nationwide instant command system where we can plug and play with any kind of agency. Um, but with that, there are rules. And the rules are, um, one, you don't talk unless you need to or unless you're in trouble. Um, the instant commander, the person in charge, that first officer showing up is the instant commander. He's in charge. So he's telling everybody what they're coming to. Once people get there, we break people down into functional groups um, or task level groups and there's one person who's responsible for speaking for those groups. So you might have a group of four people that are gonna go ventilate, um, but only one of those people will talk back to the instant commander. 
Um, but the other the other three people have a radio just in case they fall through a hole or they get in trouble or they need to talk, then they can do that. So it, it's a it's a pretty strict protocol with with just not talking unless you need to unless you have some pertinent information. Um, we we do quite a good job with that. Now I want to circle back. So you you talked about getting the nice. 360 degree view kind of the lay of the land of of what you're up against Mm -hmm. um with the caveat that if you are in the middle of a you know house fire at your home your first priority is get your family out to safety before you call 911 so with the caveat of that and let's assume you and your family have all gotten out to safety you're safely away from the home and now you've got your phone and you're calling 911 is it helpful for citizens to throw this information into the 911 call say my home at 123 Main Street's on fire by the way we have a pool in the backyard two cars in the driveway is it helpful? I would be willing to bet that 10 out of 10 people that listen to this podcast would not be able to do that while watching their house burn. I I, Um, totally understand. So here's here's my best advice would be to let the 911 operator guide you to answer the information that they request. They have a list of questions that helps us. They get the information that we need if you'll answer their questions. And so a lot of times, yeah, we want to know that you have a pool. Um, we want to know that you have an LP tank, all that. We'll figure that. We'll figure all that out. But we want to know if everybody's out of the structure or not. Um, is, it, is it spreading? Um, you know, our, our number one concern whenever we arrive on a scene is life safety. So yes, we want to know that you have your family out. Now, we're not going to assume that you're correct whenever we get there. We're still going to operate as if there's someone in the structure. Um, that's our that's our basic assumption. Um, but our, our main goal is that life safety component. Um, and then we move on to instant stabilization, putting the fire out, and then property conservation. All right, so we talked about establishing the scene. Uh, now let's jump in. Is there any other kind of behind-the-scenes stuff you want to talk about when it comes to fighting this fire? The- yeah, there's, there's some things that you can do to help limit the spread of the fire. Um, within, you know, once you've gotten everybody out, one of the one of the simplest things you can do to help limit the spread is, you know, if you know if if you open a door and a room's on fire, close the door back, and then close every every door that you come to, close it. Um, doors are an effective barrier um, for for heat and smoke spread. It will limit the damage to your property. Um, don't just go out in the front yard and leave your front door open because shortly you will see fire coming out your front door. Uh, because uh, a home on fire has to breathe. The fire has to breathe. It has to have a, an intake and an output, right? So it has to breathe in oxygen, just like we do, and, and then it has to exhaust. And so a doorway, actually, you can split a doorway in half. If it's open, you're going to have the intake's going to be at the bottom and the exhaust is going to be up at the top, and fire could be at the very back of your structure, but you're feeding it from the front door and it, it ended up drawing fire all through your house back to that exhaust point, which is your front door. So um, I would encourage people, if, if they do ever run into that, just remember to close the doors. Close the doors when you go to sleep at night. That buys you time in your bedrooms um, for us to be able to find you or for you to be able to um, self-evacuate. All right. Well, Hall County Fire Services Chief Zach Brackett, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an interesting peek behind the curtains, and uh, we know you guys and the folks at 911 are always, you know, 
always here for us and always doing an excellent job. So uh, thanks for being there and protecting our community and giving us all this great advice. Uh, we're just we're we're happy to serve the community and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we won't have too many too many fires this year. Hopefully not. You guys stay safe. We're uh, not too far away from the weather cooling off, so keep those fire safety tips in the back of your brains as we start heading towards the cooler months of the year. I'm Brian Stewart. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hall About Public Safety Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hall About Public Safety Podcast. Episodes come out monthly. You can find links to them on hallcounty.org and in the monthly county newsletter. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts to get all the latest content. I'm Brian Stewart. Thanks for listening.